Hey, I'm Akko. And I'm Marcy. And welcome back to the Color Pages Book Club, a, bi- <laughs> a bi-weekly <laughs> podcast that focuses on fiction, fantasy, and magical realism written by writers from colorful backgrounds. Yes, colorful backgrounds. Yes. And today we're going to be reading and discussing part one of Mapping the Interior by Stephen Graham Jones. So, okay. So back with like, so for the OG, like, you know, day one motherfuckers, like y'all probably remember like back when we first started the show, we used to have like kind of Akko's picks, Marcy's picks. And then we just kind of like stopped doing that. We would just be like, oh girl, we're reading this. And like, we just kind of like jump into it. But I kind of wanted to bring it back a little bit just so, you know, we can kind of go back. Yeah, just like throwbacks and also just kind of like, you know, like have you all kind of see like just our individual, I guess, preferences and things of that nature. So Obelisk Gate was actually jointly both of our picks. Like we both were like, we're reading this. It's happening. But this book is actually, you know, off of my list. So we'll be discussing this book. And then, you know, in two weeks or I guess in a month, we'll be discussing a book from Akko's list and then just kind of alternating back and forth. But yes. So before we jump into mapping the interior, which is kind of like a sort of like a spooky kind of like a whole... Is it horror? I don't not I, yet. No, I don't think I haven't found it to be. It's yeah. It's it's a kind of eerie, I guess. Um, yeah. So we'll we'll get into all that shit. But before that, let me provide a little bit of context on Stephen Graham Jones. So. Stephen Graham Jones is a Blackfeet native writer of experimental fiction, horror, and science fiction. And apparently there's like a Marvel... I I don't want to fuck this up. I want to say it's called... It's called Marvel's Voices, Indigenous Voices Number 1. It's like a Marvel anthology of put together by different native and indigenous creators. And apparently that's coming out in November and Stephen has a role in that. So, you know, just... Some things to look forward to. And I kind of just chose this because, you know, I, I don't think we've read something kind of like, I, I guess, horror-like or horror-adjacent. And so I was kind of like, what, what about Infidel? Oh, that was mad disrespect to Infidel. We absolutely <laughs> did. <laughs> I just forgot. Um, but yes, but I was just looking up, like, yeah, just different titles. And like, this came up and I was like, fuck it. Let's do it. So. Ooh. Yeah. By the way, he has a lot of stuff on his website, too. Um, the author, Stephen Graham Jones. So oh, yeah. if you have them, it's like some dope stuff. Oh, like, man, maybe I should take some notes. Like it's got his books. It's got books he, that have inspired him more about himself, music, mm-hmm. podcast. So, oh, yeah. 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 We'll definitely link his website in the show notes so you all can learn more. I mean, and also from shit, from what I've seen, like, I mean, Mama has like published hella shit. Right. Hella shit. Right. And it's like, ooh, child, the catalog. It's ooh, like, we could link Talk his, about a repertoire. Right. We could link his stuff, but like, <laughs> like <laughs> he doesn't really need <laughs> us. But. <laughs> right. It's like, who were these? Who were these people? So, yes. So, we'll jump into all of that. But, um, but yeah. So, yes. So, we should probably jump into the summary. But before that, mm-hmm. I have a question. Hey, I swear to God, we need to get you some like like a jingle, like a little like Akko's question true. jingle. <laughs> but um, yes, what is your question? So in this book, the main character, he sleepwalks. So he's he gets up in the middle of the night and he walks around. He can't really remember mm-hmm. what he's doing. And it, try- mm-hmm. it, it kind of drives the plot of the story. Yeah. So I wanted to know... Do you have any odd sleeping habits? Ooh, that's an interesting question. <laughs> I can go first because I have one. Yes. Okay. Done. 
So ever since I've been a kid, I talk in my sleep. And oh, really? Yes. Yeah. So even <laughs> I used to share a room with my sister and and she would wake up the next morning and be like, you, <laughs> you had a very interesting discussion last night. Um, <laughs> but what was really funny is when I went to college, you uh-huh. remember my college roommate, me and Marcy yes. knew each other. She would... When I woke up in the morning, she would pull out her notepad and be like, here is all the things you said last night. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, what? And she was like, yes, you had a full-blown conversation. Let me just recount it to you. I keep track of it on my phone because it's absurd. <laughs> like, oh, my God. I think one time I had a whole conversation about Superman, which is... Wait, wait, hold up hold up <laughs> are you playing different roles or are you just yourself when i you don't talk? i'm always unconscious so i have no idea <laughs> but, that is oh my god so uh, so the roommate that, that you're talking about when, when she would recount like what you would talk was it like coherent like were you like making like you know it was like like different points and like i had receipts like, <laughs> had a well-structured <laughs> argument like what the fuck it was coherent if you accepted the premise right like okay. <laughs> the, the the conversation <laughs> inside of the premise made sense but the premise made no sense um which is mm-hmm. crazy because i don't i don't really dream or at least i don't remember we all dream i don't remember mm-hmm. my dreams and mm-hmm. i don't remember talking I, i've only woke woken myself up talking in my sleep once and mm. I, I think I've slept walked once, and my mom was like, "This is creepy." <laughs> like I walked into oh my room, God. and I was like asleep, and my mom just looked at me and was like, "You're asleep." And I like woke up, and I was like, "Oh," and she was like, "Okay." <laughs> um, but yes, yeah. is... wow, yeah, and uh, yeah. So I talk in my sleep. I, I think I do it more when I'm stressed. But mm-hmm. there you go. Huh. The sleep, so the t- that time that you sleepwalked, like it was like you literally had gotten up and do like you like you were doing your thing, and then when you woke up, you were just standing up in front of your mom. Yeah, it was really weird. Like I that was is asleep. so interesting. I don't remember getting to my mom's room. Uh huh. And I was just standing there. I the more I think about it, sleepwalking is a really creepy thing. Cause yeah, and my mom was just like she looked at me like so like what. And then she just went, oh you're asleep. God. And then I woke up and I was like, what's happening? And she was like, go back to bed. <laughs> oh, my. And this happened just one time. It's only happened once. I can remember. The fact that that's only happened once is somehow more unsettling than if this was yes, a pattern. I think you're right. It is more unsettling. Like, literally, <laughs> what the fuck? Like, yeah. oh, my God. Well, how old were you when this happened? I'm maybe 10. Okay, okay, I thought, okay, yeah, it's, okay, somehow you being a child makes it like, okay, I don't know why that somehow yeah, well, like assuaged my discomfort. Um, <laughs> well, I yeah. feel like children are creepy, you know, like, children, children are very creepy. They'll just say things to you out of nowhere that you're like, what are you saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and on, I mean, I used to work in a preschool for like a year, and like, it's just one of those things where like, it, like, like my voice just got higher because I'm, <laughs> I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> it's just like, it's just one of those things where like, you know, you know, kids will like have like imaginary friends mm. and just like kind of like their imaginations just like are all over the place. And so like, they'll just like start talking to you with no context and like introducing new motherfuckers to the story that you're like, <laughs> wait, who is that? And it's like, I don't like half the time, like, I don't know, people be like, oh yeah, like so-and-so said this to me. And I'm like, we, we don't have a so-and-so, like say the name was Jerry. It's like, oh, Jerry said this to me. And it's like, 
wait, who the fuck is Jerry? Like, no, no one's first name is Jerry. Like, you, you mm-hmm. ain't got no class names. Like, who is Jerry? They're like, oh, you know, Jerry. And I'm like, no, not, not Sweet, Jerry. it's <laughs> like 4 p.m. And I'm, I, it's like light outside. And I'm like, really, I, I want to go home. Like, it's like you've given me like possessed vibes. I, I don't like it. I don't like it. And I also heard too that like children are like kind of the most vulnerable, I guess, sort of vesicles between like this life and like another life. And so like children are more prone to, I guess, paranormal like happenings and things like that they clearly not that. some scientific study but like that is something that i've heard a lot yeah and yeah. you like hear stories where people will be like yeah when i was a kid i had that ghost friend and they're like but don't worry they like went away and i'm like no <laughs> do we want yeah. to examine this and they're like no and i'm like you know what me neither so <laughs> yeah what's on netflix <laughs> right or like, I feel like sometimes when I was younger, um, I mean, shit, I guess transitioning, I feel like sometimes I would have, when I would, whenever I would have like a scary dream, I feel like it would fizzle out as I woke up in a way that wasn't like fully seamless. Like, so for example, I remember there was this one dream I had, again, it happened like once and, and it like never happened again. And I was like, okay, what the fuck? I remember I had a dream where there was like all these like shadow people. Like I was, it was like just dark and there's just shadow people and it was like, whatever. And obviously I was like fucking terrified. I was like, who the fuck? Or like who, like who invited these people to, <laughs> to my house? Um, And I remember when I woke up, I like was, I was awake, but I still like saw one in like the corner, but it just like dissipated. And I was like, okay, that was just like, I was like, oh, like I was just waking up. But it's like, but like, I feel like usually when you wake up, you're up and like, it's like you're in this world. Like that, I, I feel like there's not like a weird transition period. It was like a weirdly delayed transition period. And I was like, is this sleep paralysis? Like what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. I've had so, sleep paralysis before. Um, that is a weird experience. Because, what's it like? Well, it's for me, I think it's all very personal, but for me, I had the most, first of all, the most vibrant dream. It was the most mm-hmm. colorful, like splashes of color. And then I woke up and I mm-hmm. couldn't move. Like I just couldn't move. <laughs> and then mm-hmm. I was like, is this my life now? <laughs> I was like, <laughs> fuck. Is this existence? And then like slowly, I guess my body woke up, but it was, I think it mm-hmm. happened to me twice before. Um, Interesting. Yeah, but I mean, so I mean, weird sleep stuff is is like pretty common. Like people hallucinate when they're tired, mm-hmm. and like hallucination isn't just like visual. It, there's oral. No, I'm sorry. Like auditory. <laughs> auditory. Thank you. Oral hallucination. What would that be? <laughs> what would hallucinations? <laughs> <laughs> uh, auditory hallucinations. I think some people like s- smell hallucinations. So. Um, oh my god weird sleep stuff is a thing um, yeah but you know it- oh sorry oh no um I-, I was gonna talk about like some things that i've experienced as well um yeah so i guess aside from like you know that one time where i like that shadow person was in my room and i was like girl are you paying rent like i don't I'm understand why you're here <laughs> um i feel like aside from that I mean, honestly, I mean, there would be times where, like, I would, like, wake up at, like, the foot of my bed. Like, my body would do, like, a full 180 turn. Mm. And I'm like, when did this happen? Like, how did I? One, how, the gymnastics. How did that, <laughs> How did we do that? Like, what the fuck? Or I just wake up in these, like, very, like, weird, like, kind of, like, borderline unnatural positions. And I'm like, was someone, like, molding me in my sleep? Like, what the fuck? Anyway. Somehow me propping that question just now is like, I'm like, why did I, why did I even put that in, that thought into the universe? Um, But... Aside from that, I mean, 
I feel like most of the weird stuff that's happened with sleep has actually happened more so in my like adult life, like mm. more recently than a- as a child. I feel like, you know, as a child, it was like whatever. But like there was this period of my life, maybe like two years ago. Um, it was funny enough. It was actually around the time that we started the show. Like it was like almost like without fail, I would get up every day at like three in the morning. I remember this. And it was like the same time every day, irrespective of when I fell asleep. And it was just like, and like sometimes it like, Sometimes it didn't happen, but nine times out of ten it did. It was like the like the same time every day. And I was like, this is getting weird. Like, why mm. am I going to sleep at like eleven or nine or whatever? And I'm always waking up pretty much at three o'clock on the dot or like three oh one, three oh two, like what is this? And I talked to my therapist about it and she was like, Yeah, you know, actually I kinda like like something similar actually happens to me and usually she like would use that time to kinda like work on something for a little bit and then like go back to sleep. But it was just like, yeah, like it was just like, it was as if someone was just waking me up at the same time every day. Um, And I was doing some research on it and they were like, yeah, like that's like a, like three o'clock is like in the morning is like a time where people are like, between like three and four, there's like, again, like if you, I guess if you ascribe to this belief system, it's like, 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 you know, just like these portals into like other worlds or like just kind of like other planes of existence. Like there's just more permeability around that time. I don't know what it is about that time, but like, I just remember looking it up and people were like, oh yeah, like I also kind of get up weirdly at like three o'clock. Like every, like it was never like, oh yeah, girl, I get up at like five or oh girl, I get up at like two. Like it was always like, everybody was like, yeah, we get up at like three. And I'm like, like, like I'm like unless this is like the beginning of like a superhero movie where I like you know develop like superpowers then like <laughs> otherwise I'm just color me disinterested I'm not I'm interested dead. <laughs> I'm color not <laughs> interested <laughs> so well, that's, yeah I was like girl this is wild um well, yeah so a couple of, isn't there like a thing about the witching hour which is like a British yes. thing it's like from 12 to 1 or something and then I think like people are like your most productive hours are from 3 to 4 so there's stuff around mm. midnight 3 2 you know people got yeah. theories about a lot of things um, mm-hmm. I will say that like yes to your point because in the story like it, it's a ghost story right and I was like to your point about coloring me disinterested I was like even if something wild is happening Mm-hmm. do i care <laughs> like I, I, <laughs> that's it that is it like the older you get you're like you're kind of like yeah something really creepy is happening i'm just gonna go home you know I'm, right you know like, you're like one time i was abroad and this is probably not the best answer but like all the shutters in the apartment i was in suddenly like opened up in the middle of the night and what i was in my room and the door was shut wait like, like you mean like the blinds yeah, like there were like shutters in the kitchen and they all just like suddenly just like, this only happened once again. And I was lying oh in my, my bed and I was like, I could get up and check what's going on. I'm not going to. <laughs> <laughs> what me? Literally me. I'm going back to sleep. Like sometimes I'm just like, people are like, oh, well, what if there's a haunting? If there's a haunting, I'm turning around. Oh, you right. see that door? I'm opening it up. Oh, look at me not. <laughs> Look at me not interacting with the haunting. Mm-mm. Clearly, if it's haunted, girl, they, they don't want to be interrupted. They do Mm-mm. not. They do not need my ass walking in like, what's going on, guy? Like, no, no. Right. They, they, they got it. <laughs> like, that's what, because when you're younger, you're like, oh, something supernatural or weird is innately necessitates an investigation. And you get right. older and you're like, no, but does this change anything? <laughs> right. Like, like, same thing with an alien abduction. If I get abducted, 
do things change? <laughs> and if not, uh, you know, it, like you're saying, like, bar me getting superpowers and having like right. a fun coming of age. And maybe this is the the darker times we live in, but like bar this kind of like poppy fun, like mm-hmm. Marvel Spider-Man situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not really sure what value, what good comes out of it. <laughs> right. And you always like hear people who are like, spiritualists or monks or something they're like the most like uninterested they'll be like yeah there's a ghost over there and then they're like continue to eat their nachos and i'm like so clearly it's not like (laughs) you know what i mean it's not like anything like aggressively exciting i don't know right right oh my god no that is so real because i i again in in my adult life i don't know if i've just become more observant i think that's low-key what it is i think i've just become a a bit more observant as i've gotten older but like yeah just some things that are just kind of unexplainable will happen and i'm like you know what you know what i'm not going to do like explore and try to figure out the depths of what's taking place what i am going to do is just kind of pray that it's fine and just kind of just ignore the fuck (laughs) out of it and just like move on like i mean the amount of times like i've heard like footsteps in situations where I shouldn't have or like just you know like other things that kind of point to like a presence of something or someone else I'm like you know what um if someone's there it'll come to my attention shortly enough you know like let, why exp- why expedite it why why that's what I'm saying why expedite it? because I'm like, like I just I mean maybe, and maybe this is because we're like POZs we're just like why bring trouble upon ourselves the world exa- is trouble literally <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm good you know? It, to be fair, I guess I've never felt like a because because I, I like do believe in like ghosts and things and like you know I, I've never felt like a thing that was kind of like oh this feels like malicious it feels like a malevolent force it's just kind of like I don't know maybe it's just like the ancestors just playing games playing a little joke but like nothing like that deep um, but yeah I just I don't know I'm like you know what I'm gonna just leave y'all be y'all good oh y'all you y'all need it no uh, okay <laughs> okay I'm gonna just be snacks. over here. Like, hey. right, I'm just, <laughs> Just, I got some like, <laughs> some pop tarts. Yeah, like, right. like, oh girl, like, let me just put these pop tarts on the ground. I come in the next day. Why is the box gone? Why are they eating? And it's like, you know what? Y'all were hungry. I hope we good. Like, I'm just are they knocking oh, down just, and they're like strawberry right. pop tarts? <laughs> or like they like throw the box in my face. I'm like, oh, so you clearly mad? I'm a just, I'm a just leave. You, they're like, you good? You good? Okay, get us I'm, the cinnamon mm-hmm. ones next time. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the cinnamon ones do go off because i probably did approach them with like you know the, like, like the white frosted ones with the little right. sprinkles that were nasty as fuck mm. and they had the like cherry insides and they were like oh girl like this is it and i'm like why are we settling for less we there are so many they there got, are s'mores mm, pop tarts i was about to say like, just, um, like what are we doing here we why, why would you ever get the cherry filling why why Never. where is the self-love mm-hmm. does it, I, I mean sweetie we we could do better like we, we can, can. <sighs> at that point just get a toaster strudel exactly <laughs> And just eat the icing like I did by itself. And then just eat the strudel separately, which made for a much less satisfying experience. But the instant gratification, ooh, that ice, oh my God. It's fact. Do they still make that shit? That's a good, I don't, I think it's like sheep in the big city. Like, I think you can find it, but it's difficult. (laughs) You see that you experienced it or you didn't? (laughs) It was about a particular time and space, you know? <laughs> God damn. Sheep in the big city. When, uh, talk about a show that has formed who I am to this day. I feel like I am 
I, w- I was forever changed after Great watching show. that shit. Jesus Christ. It like informed my like analysis of the world. Uh, what a what a program. Apparently also it was only two seasons. Can you believe that? I thought it was literally like eight. Yeah, but again, like when you're a child, you, you see two episodes and you're like, oh, this is clearly from five different seasons. Right. Like, it's, it don't even make sense. Right. Um, so <laughs> Before like, you could binge things, right? Like technically shows could be infinite. You're like, there must be 10,000 oh, episodes. Right. <laughs> There's 10,000 more episodes of this. Yeah. Like, you know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, damn. Wow. Well, we should, you know, yeah. probably take a break. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll take a little break, and when we get back, we'll get into part one of Mapping the Interior. <laughs> Woo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. so funny. Okay. We are. Marcy, I feel like we had like a really long break. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like for the listeners, they're like, girl, it was like y'all's like cute little jingle or whatever. And like, that was it. But like, we dead ass just talked off the mic for like an hour. (laughs) On like some completely, like not fully unrelated, but like kind of unrelated shit. Mm. So I'm like, wow, this episode mad long. And it's like, sis, like it's, it is what, probably like 20 minutes at this point. It's like like when your teacher gives you an assignment. And right. you start talking with your friends. <laughs> and you're like, man, this assignment took so long. And everyone else in the class like turned it in. And like they're like right. over here like eating Cheetos. And you and your right. friends are like, on question two. <laughs> like, exactly. Whoops. Literally on some group project type of shit. Yeah. <laughs> that's what happened. But uh, in any case, so mapping the interior. So yes. I'm sure you guys are like, what is the summary? So basically. <laughs> <laughs> like, do your job, please. <laughs> <the story. laughs> The story is written from the perspective of a 12-year-old native child. We're not sure what tribe he and his family are in, Mm -hmm. um, but his name, we're actually not even sure of his name. His name is Junior after his father, but we also Mm -hmm. don't know his father's name. Yeah. So so Junior lives with his mother and his little brother Dino, and his father passed away by suspicious means, maybe not. So either his... Car broke down and he got in a car accident because his car was old, or he was drunk and he stumbled into a river and drowned, or he was drowned by someone, or maybe he drowned in a puddle. We don't know, or maybe or he was alcohol murdered. poisoning. Like, yes, it's, it's a lot of interpretations of um, right? And yeah. no one really has even the adults in the story don't know the answer, or at least they're not saying at the moment. Yeah, and he, and he died when Junior was like four, four, right? Like, right. right. Yeah, yes. yeah, okay. Exactly. So he has never met his, he, I mean, he met him, but he doesn't remember him that well. So after his father passed away, Junior's mother moved them off the reservation, kind of with the hopes of giving them a better future at a school with quote unquote better graduation rates, as Junior puts it, um, mm-hmm. which I think has a lot to do with the structural inequality and economic inequality in America. But mm-hmm. I guess we'll talk about that in the discussion <laughs> section. Correct. <laughs> and also like just blatant racism. But okay, so here we go. So now it seems that Dino Dino Jr.'s younger brother suffers from seizures. It sounds like epilepsy, like a severe, severe epilepsy, but it, I, I can yeah. I couldn't say. Mm-hmm. And it's um impairing his development. And so the mother and junior kind of have this like watchfulness of Dino where they're always kind of in the back of their mind, like making sure he's 
okay mm-hmm. um and junior feels really protective of him, of him because the really terrible children in their school oh bully him and like push him around and i'm like um, like literally push him around like they'll get in literally. a circle and like push him around like in a circle Right. Um, and Junior's like, what the fuck is wrong with you motherfuckers? And they're like, oh, right. we're like 12 and evil. And I'm like, were we all evil? Like, I feel like this feels specific. No. I don't think I was acting like that when I was 12. Right. But okay, sis. This feels aggressively evil. Yeah. So Junior has this habit of sleepwalking, hence my question earlier. And while <laughs> sleepwalking, he sees or he thinks he sees... Who is to say his father wearing what's called a fancy dance traditional outfit, which are beautiful, by the way. Mm -hmm. Now, we also don't know if fancy dance is the word everyone uses, but that's Mm -hmm. the word they use in the book. So that's what we're going to go with. Yeah. If you're like in the comment section, you're like, actually, you're aggressively wrong. I'll be like, you're correct. (laughs) (laughs) We will not put up a fight. (laughs) Yeah. Like, we'll put it in the notes. I really got a horse in this race. Like, I'm just mimicking the language. Truly. Like, you're like, we completely accept being incorrect. But, um, (laughs) so the book describes it actually really beautifully and uh, Mm -hmm. the pictures are also really gorgeous. But anyway, so he sees his father in that outfit, but it doesn't make any sense. Uh, It's a little confusing because he, like we said, he was four when his father died and everyone says that his father actually never became a fancy dancer, Mm -hmm. but he wanted to. And everyone, there was this idea of like this potential, he could have been a great fancy dancer, but he like didn't put the effort in or the work in or he got distracted Mm -hmm. or something. Yeah. And yeah, his dad, when he was younger, had like a lot of legal troubles and he ran it to the laws so but i mean again that also has to do with like america and racism which we'll talk about anyway so he little little junior called also called junie he starts off this Mm -hmm. like search for clues that his ghost father actually has returned and at one point he does find part of like the fancy dancer outfit um Mm -hmm. after dino has a seizure and he's kind of like, okay, but if we were on the reservation, it would make sense that you could find part of a fancy dancer outfit because we're on the reservation. Right. But since we're off of it, like this means that the ghost is real and the ghost obviously is here to protect us and our family and to save Dino. And you're like, hmm, this sounds like 12-year-old logic. <laughs> <laughs> that it does. Yes. So basically, yeah, so that's essentially kind of like the setting like where, where we sort of like start off. And Junior found a bead, which is, I guess, why he was like, oh, like, my dad had to have been here. Like, this would have been on his outfit, et cetera. And so the next day, he was, like, talking to his mom. And he was like, okay, like, Junior, sweetie, sis, like, real cavalier was like, oh, yeah, like, so dad's back. And, like, his mom was like, what? And he was like, you know dad's back and like he was literally just like nonchalantly eating his cornflakes and she's like sweetie can you not just nonchalantly like i would need you to elaborate girl (laughs) what do you mean dad's back he's been dead for eight years and he was like no no no, it's fine because you know like i have evidence that like i'm not sure if he went into the whole detail about like oh there's like a ghost but he basically was like yeah like i I feel like he's back and i feel like he's here to like protect us and like you know take care of dino and all that and she's like you know i don't know about all that but i will say that you do like remind me a lot of your father you actually look just like him i tend not to say to say that to you just because like you know i don't want to make you sad and stuff like that because it's very clear that like junior you know really misses his father despite yeah not having a lot of conscious memories of him he's also like trying to force himself to sleepwalk by like <laughs> cutting off circulation in his limbs to like get himself to wake up in the middle of the night so he could yeah. see his dad so yeah he's longing for his yeah birthday. he's doing a lot to try to like recreate that moment at the very beginning of the book like up until the point where i was like uh sweetie i don't think you're supposed to be like 
tying jump ropes around your feet and like squeezing them till they change colors. Like I, I, I'm not a doctor. Mm. I am not. Mm. We know that she is not a doctor, but like that don't sound right. I don't, I don't think that's yeah. how that. Oh, okay. So, anywho, so he says this to his mom. His mom was like, ciao, you wallet, but, you know, whatever. Um, And basically, I guess sort of like the climax of this is, like, so So literally right after he tells his mom, like, oh, dad's back, and just like, you know, it finishes his, like, cornflakes, uh, Junior and Dino, like, head off to the bus together to go to school. So they're on the bus, whatever, whatever, kicking, and then, like, one of the bullies starts to, like, you know, push Dino around. And I guess Junior has just fucking had it. Like, Junior is like, I am tired mm. of these motherfuckers. And he just, like, clocks him in the face real quick. And they're like, yeah, you know, while we understand why you did that, uh, Junior, you got to go home, sweetie. You can't be can't be decking bitches across the face like you can't, you can't do that it's like you know fair enough although i'm like is no one gonna send the kids beating up dino home like yeah whatever. that yeah yeah but i mean i guess just the ass whooping that junior delivered was like maybe i don't know like disproportional to uh, whatever basically yeah so junior had to go home so along the way, um, so there are these like super vicious dogs that live like kind of close to where Junior lives. Um, and like, I don't know, Junior would always just be like, yeah, bro, these dogs are like wildin'. Like there was like a fits and they would just be like losing their fucking minds whenever they walk past. And like, so he's walking past the dog, whatever. And he gets to his house and he's like, oh, you know, like I've searched every nook and cranny of this house to find like more traces of my dad. And I haven't really been able to find any. How about I look underneath the house? So he had this whole thing where he like, you know dug up like i think it was like a flagpole and like all types of shit from like underground because i guess he saw like what looked like the wheel of a tire because like you know there's like rumors that his dad had like maybe died in a car accident it was like, basically junior was just trying to dig a bunch of shit up and he was like I'm, i need to look under the house and see if there's any like any traces of my dad so he's like kind of like you know just playing around with so the house also i should mention this the house is like elevated it's like on like i guess center blocks is it center blocks something like that like some kind of like elevated structure and so he's he's able to actually go physically underneath the house um, in case you were like wait how the fuck is he going under the house so (laughs) so basically so junior's like kind of like peering around and all of a sudden he hears a voice in his mind that is his own voice but he is kind of peeping it that is his dad's that's like hey i need you to look real quick and so he looks over and there's like this this ravenous dog right next to him and that dog looking mighty hungry junior's like you know what i'm not trying to be the meal look look at me not trying to be on the menu let me so he scurries underneath the house just in time the dog like lunges at him but he is able to escape in time and basically it's not one dog but apparently there's like well there was one dog initially but then like three other dogs joined because they're like oh girl like i heard that there was food and so like these dogs are like trying to get underneath the house but they have to like kind of dig a little bit in order to like fully get underneath whereas junior was able to kind of like crawl underneath so junior is like obviously panicking like freaking the fuck out he's like oh my god these dogs are about to kill my ass girl like i don't know what to do like oh my god he's trying to like summon he's trying to like i guess like he's like banging on the floor of the house because he's pretty much and he's, yeah. like, he's, like, begging that his, like, mom returns because, like, his mom had just left for work. And he's hoping that maybe his dad shows up or, like, shit, somebody. He's like, girl, I need somebody mm. to help me out. And weirdly enough, he actually comes across Dino's, like, Dino has, like, a bunch of, like, action figures. And he comes across one of them underneath the house in perfect condition that earlier in the book when Dino was having a seizure, Junior had put, like, I guess one of the appendages of the action figure in his mouth for him to have something to bite down onto. And so when he saw that, he was like, wait... Not only is this fixed, but it's also in mint condition. Clearly, my dad has something to do with it. And I'm like, you know what, Junior? That makes, that, yeah, that, that, I, I, I get that. That makes Why sense. Not? Sure. Why yeah. not? 
And so he discovers this. It's like a brief reprieve, but then he's like, oh, wait, I'm still literally my life is in danger. What the fuck? And all of a sudden, like the dogs are about to get underneath and they end up squealing and like dying. And the one that was like that kind of just got underneath, like ends up coughing up blood. And like it's like basically they were shot, I guess. And Junior's like, I'm not going to ask any questions. What I will do is run towards my house. And then the next. So it gets a little tricky. So basically, so he runs, I guess, back to his house. And then the next thing he remembers is waking up and like his mom is like holding him in like his arms. And, like Dino was there. And I guess they go to like the hospital and he has to get like um like 16 stitches. stitches for like a head injury, which I assume like was from like just being underneath the house and like hitting his head against something underneath the house. But then the neighbor who owned the dogs got like real buck and was like, mm-hmm. oh my God, like your child killed my dogs. Like, I can't believe this. Like, girl, I'm gonna take your ass to court, all this other shit. And it's like, I'm sorry, your dog, your dogs are trying to kill this child. Like, what do you mean? Like, fuck you, right. Um, And then the sheriff got involved. It was just like real messy. And it was just, yeah. and it was just very unclear because it was like, they said, so apparently the theory that people are, I guess are moving with, cause no one was there except for junior, obviously. And so I guess the mom and the other people were like, Oh, I think what happened was that he was sleepwalking and like fell. Cause they found him on the stairs of the house, like leading up into the house and his head was bleeding. So they're like, maybe he was sleepwalking or something. and He hit his head or something like that. But then they were like, wait, but what happened with the dogs? And then the, the neighbor was wild. And it was just, it was very unclear. Right. <laughs> like, and then they were like, the mom was like, I don't, didn't ask about why one of the like kitchen cloths was missing it it was like unclear you're like junior couldn't have killed the four dogs four goddamn dogs that doesn't make any sense but you're like but the dogs aren't dead yes and junior does have injury yes and you're like was it the ghost you're like what and that's right yeah and then it's also like wait but who shot the dogs Mm. because no one was there i was like oh someone like walked up and saved him but then when he ran out i mean there was no description of him seeing somebody Mm -hmm. and then later when they found him like there was like no one fessed up to it i don't even think they uncovered any like i don't know bullet casings or anything like that it was just kind of like oh the dogs just were suddenly dead and i was like wait what killed them did some did what huh right it was like you're sitting there with a question (laughs) like three question marks over your head being like huh right and then that, yeah, that's literally the end of part one. Like, mm-hmm. there are no chapters in this book, unfortunately, but we will. So we read this on a Kindle. We read it up to the 55th page. It's, it's a relatively short book. So we read up to that point. But yeah, that's kind of what happened. So his dad might have intervened or not. Um, <laughs> or not. <laughs> we don't uh, know. We don't know. So I guess we could take a little bit of a <laughs> They were like, girl, that was the laziest fucking summary. Like literally. No, it was intense. Like, I look, the book is, is purposefully <laughs> ambiguous about yes. the events occurring. Yeah, we're just like, oh yeah, like we don't uh, girl, we don't know. Ne- next section, they're like, uh, well, why is there no clarity? <laughs> um yeah, sorry about that. But yeah, we'll take a little bit of a break and when we get back, we'll get to all of the thoughts and feelings on mapping the interior. Woo! <laughs> back from our like summary not summary of what happened in part one um so i guess we can just yeah do our usual things talk about just general thoughts and feelings and then just kind of go into other points from there so 
I'm really enjoying this book so far. The plot is constantly moving along. I feel like it like it's it's a very fast read. So it's kind of like just nice to sort of see like what happens next because you always know that like there's going to be some shit that happens next. I also find that there's a lot of commentary just about the native community that like the protagonist like grew up in and like mm. is from and like he just has a lot of like kind of insights and kind of cultural noticings that he kind of like drops in here and there that I, I mean this is probably i'm sure more this more so the author than like the than junior's voice specifically but like there's a certain precociousness to just like the level of like social insight that the protagonist has that's like really interesting to witness um i, I kind of go into more detail about what i mean in, in a bit but i like just like the voice and the narration and like the commentary and just something about it it's like it just feels very almost like matter of fact like Mm -hmm. i feel like there's like you know i'm used to just very like super emotional like stream of consciousness like just like oh yeah all these like this this, these elements in the writing and like in this story it's just very kind of like I mean, obviously, like, you know, Junior really cares a lot about his, his his dad, has, like, a lot of thoughts about what's going on. But it's, like, something about it just feels very, like, okay, but this is what happened. Like, this is very matter-of-fact. In a way, that's kind of, like, refreshing. Like, it's kind of, like, I mean, obviously, when he was being terrorized by these dogs, like, he was like, girl, I'm about to, like, piss myself. Like, this is, like, fucking terrifying. But, like, yeah, it's just, I don't know. The, the tone of it is one that, like, it kind of gets you, like, sort of nestled in. So, like, when the, like, unclear or sort of, you know, maybe unsettling things happen, it's kind of, like it's like you're already in a space for those things to really kind of like resonate yeah i know i'm into it it's cute it's like Mm. i mean honestly some shit that i otherwise probably wouldn't have read and i'm like you know what glad we're reading it i'm I'm about it so yeah so i like it what did you think yeah i also really like the writing style i feels more and more to me like a very kind of it reminds me of um interpreters of melodies Mm -hmm. where it's this very like um I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it is like a school of writing, and I'm gonna say it comes from the late 20th century. Mm. I'm gonna say that because it's very, yeah. it's very similar in the sense that it's like this kind of like um, Daria esque tone of voice, yes, um, where things are stated, <laughs> the reality of situations are stated with no inflection, and leaving mm-hmm. the author to the reader to both be able to feel that that is the reality without any judgment to that being the reality, right. but also at times undercuts the emotional extremeness of the situations at hand, mm-hmm. which is very American. It's feel a little bit like particularly true when people are having a hard time. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's almost like, you know how like there's like the romantic period of writing, which is like very Baroque. And then there's like Mm. the realism era of writing, which is like far more, far less Baroque. It has like, we like learned about this in high school some time ago that I don't remember. Yes. (laughs) But um, that this feels like, like another style of writing. Someone should like codify this as a style of writing. But anyway, Mm, yeah, I I do really like it. And I, I think it's very poetic in the way it's written. And there's like a sarcasm that comes with the, with, Yes, I would call it like a late 20th century sarcasm. Mm -hmm. Um, I enjoy the unreliable narrator Mm. um, aspect of it. It reminds me a little bit of Huey Fairchild. Um, Fairchild. Fairchild. (laughs) They come in all colors. (laughs) (laughs) Because, right, it's that same horror of being young. And maybe there is just an innate horror to youth (laughs) (laughs) when you look back on it, right? And, and, And everyone sort of knowing something and you not knowing and people mm. trying not to tell you because right and, and we do that as a way to like 
let children be happy, but at the same time, you like forget that children are also precocious, and therefore there's an innate horror in the fact that we are not telling children things so that they can remain happy and unbothered. Um, right. So yeah, and 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 watching him, and also I feel like a lot of his responses are monotone because he's actually dealing with a lot, and I think the sleepwalking mm. is that too is a response to trauma, right? Because he has to like protect his younger brother from these bullies every day Mm. he's completely cut off from his family right it's just him his mom it's a a nuclear family when before it was an extended family which had its Mm. had its own obviously difficulties but right like that's a that's moving i mean people write about just moving as a kid being difficult but can you imagine like the cultural shift he has to go through and oh yeah and his mom obviously there's some economic troubles because the mom makes a point about like yeah but (laughs) our house is not that great Mm -hmm. um yeah, so I, I like the complexity of the story. I like the way that having it through a 12-year-old's eyes makes it, it's a perspective that makes it more, I don't know, because kids kind of just accept things as as they are, <laughs> you know, it's mm-hmm. there's no judgment to it when they're talking about it. So it, it allows you, I guess, to experience it more. Yeah. It's a yeah, dark, there's cool. a dark humor to it, like very sarcastic. Yeah. Yeah, very, very bad. Almost as if, like, I don't know, there's, like, a... And it's interesting, because it kind of interacts with, like, the actions kind of interestingly, because obviously, like, you know, Junior's doing all this to, like, discover what happened and all of this, but there is kind of, like, a like a knowing sarcasm in his tone, and it's like, mm-hmm. wait, but aren't you trying to discover things? Like, don't you know nothing? <laughs> like, it's like, right. how, are you, how do you have this tone and do these things at the same time? But right. I think it also just kind of points to... Um, I mean, I feel like that's kind of telling not even just of that like stage developmentally but just also like just Mm. people in general i feel like people can very much kind of like have tones or like sort of like a social performance that kind of like contradicts their actions or their even their like priorities um in a way that i'm like i'm not sure if this is like an intentional choice by the author but yeah i'm just like that's kind of an interesting but you're right it is he is he is uh, yeah because he is excessively optimistic right like if he were truly a cynic Mm-hmm. He wouldn't believe his dad was alive. And I'm right. sorry, his dad was a ghost haunting his house trying to save his little brother and his mom, right? If he was truly a cynic and if he was truly an adult, you mm-hmm. know, well, you know, he could still. But like, you know what I mean? Like there's something yeah. innately like similar to the action figures he has. Like there's something innately like whimsical. That's a hard word mm. to say since it's like terrifying. But like there is this like, oh, you know, it's childish for him to be like, my ghost dad's going to come back and save all of us. Um, mm. Because even and even his mom is like, your dad's not alive. <laughs> he's gone. Right. Um, but he's 12. Right. And so even though he kind of has to grow up really fast, there's that paradox that he has mm. to grow up really fast and so he he seems to act older than he is while simultaneously being a child like right and i think that's where this tone of voice comes from that's different from his actions because he is telling the story as if he's so mature and this is i think preteens do this a lot too like you talk to a preteen and they'll make it sound like they know everything <laughs> and they can drive a car and pay taxes and you'll be like um 
you do know that like you need to eat your vegetables and they're like what <laughs> and you're like yeah <laughs> oh my god we are grown because i remember so vividly being that age and being like child i know everything like mm-hmm. i don't even know why adults are even talking to me like there's some yeah. kind of nuance or discussion here girl like is it's mm-hmm. really eight like <laughs> like one plus one really is two bitch like it's really that simple and now i'm like i i understand kind of the other side of it and being like these kids walk around thinking they know everything and sweetie truly like, it's truly it's, it's like you i'm not gonna de- i'm not gonna you know deny what you do know and make it seem like you know nothing you don't know mm-hmm. nothing but there's a lot more to the picture than you're giving consideration to Look, um not in a, in a condescending way but it's like like i i feel like sometimes there there can be a sort of an absolutism to like adolescence and like mm-hmm. the belief structures that we carve which makes sense right like it's like you're trying to carve like how you show up in the world and like who you're going to be as a person in a way that i mean i think is is a process that's continuous throughout all of our lives like it's not just adolescence that we're doing this but like i think it's particularly pronounced or at least it's maybe one of the first times that we're doing it in a more concerted way mm. but like it's something that it, it, it's helpful to kind of be kind of absolute in who you are and like in the beliefs that you start to craft but at the same time i think Maybe perhaps one of those things that just kind of come along with aging is just realizing that like, oh, yeah, like the picture. I mean, you know, it, it there's a lot of different things to consider and things are much more malleable than they seem. And so not to say that you have to change how you think of things, but like just under just be more informed, I suppose, like maybe mm-hmm. just like consider other other things that could be there. But it's, yeah, it's just it's just such an interesting like I used to I hated when grownups used to be like, oh, you think, you know, everything da, 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 da. And I'm like, oh, my God, I just oh. But now I'm like, you know what? I'm 27. I get it. <laughs> like, it's just like, yeah, like, yeah, I get it. I get I, it. And I, I, to be honest, I think life is the process of all your your certainties being dismantled. Like, I think mm-hmm. that's actually just so what, right? Like, like you're saying, like, this is the first time he's had to perhaps yeah probably your preteens is the first time that you're like i'm so sure of the world i'm so sure mm-hmm. and then like something happens you're like great i don't know what's going on and then you're like ah finally i got through that hump of puberty now right. i am so sure of the world i am so sure and then like at 25 it's you're like ah i don't know anything and then you yep. like get over that and you're like oh, i'm so sure of the world <laughs> Yeah, it's the first time it happens and so you're certain this time you must be correct mm-hmm. whereas by the second and third time it happened you're like you know this is probably gonna happen again <laughs> like, yeah i am sure asterisk for now right um <laughs> pretty much very that i mean you're all, i'm also like knee deep in a quarter life crisis so i'm just like you know what did anything Girl. i ever think ever make sense ever and <laughs> just like okay marcy Truly. like sweetie like sis come on come on like, it's like let's not do all that but yeah it paradigm shifts are constant so. and i think that's where this ghost situation comes into play right it's this paradigm mm-hmm. shift it's it's having to contend with his father died when he was four those mm-hmm. eight years and probably his own beginnings of puberty and coming of age mm-hmm. a- and at that moment you know it's the first time he's he's sort of like wait what does this all mean you know maybe he never had right. to think about what it meant that his father passed away before and he's now old enough to deal with the grief of it in a way that he couldn't mm, before right. um or maybe his dad is a ghost you know who knows how do we feel about the dad being a ghost like are we relieved part of me hopes it's like a small beauty situation Ooh, yes 
Um, <laughs> shout out to Small Beauty. Yes. Uh, Hazel. <laughs> uh, Hazel. Oh my God. Wow. We have not mentioned Hazel in a minute. A minute. The disrespect. Like we're uh, really out here like queen forever. Hazel's actually the third host in the podcast. You know, she's just right. real quiet. She don't, she don't contribute a lot, but always it's true. Here. I don't know if Hazel would have liked this story with all the dog death, though, to be honest with you. Yeah, I feel like that depiction, she was, yeah, yeah, I mm. definitely want to give voice to that. Um, Hazel's a dog, in, in, in case it was not. Unclear. Right, sorry. Clear. Hazel also is not the main character. Of small, <laughs> of small beauty. beauty. No, in fact, <laughs> Hazel is, is an aggressive side character. Oh. Right, <laughs> so much so that when we interviewed the author, she was like, yeah, Hazel, I mean, I... I, I like dogs, so I just included a dog. Like, there's nothing. There literally isn't anything else to it. I'm like, but is there like a, like a deep like and like the author was like, yeah, no. um, <laughs> you're allowed to care about Hazel. I don't. <laughs> I'm like, oh god. <laughs> anyway, um, whew, but, wow, TBT. It's mm. he, it's true, but um, <laughs> yeah, I I I do hope. <laughs> I, I do think it's in it. Um, yeah, I think it's kind of one of those those situations where you look, you're looking for the adult in the room, and then realize that it's your journey to become the adult adult in the room. Um, mm. Which is a trope that's pretty common, but um, I think that's kind of what the ghost situation is heading to. I, I don't think it's an antagonistic ghost, but I have been wrong before. Yeah. I I don't know. I, okay, so I guess this kind of gets into a little bit about Junior's relationship with his mom, which I definitely kind of want to talk about a little bit. But when he sort of unceremoniously was like, oh, yeah, like dad's back. And she was like, boy, what the fuck? Like that, like Junior peeped that she didn't seem as like, I guess, excited by the prospects of him mm-hmm. being back. And like, she just wasn't really matching his enthusiasm. Granted, that could just be because she's like, this is like some like, child nonsense and i don't know what this is like it's like it could have been that or it could have also been like a response to maybe who i mean junior honestly didn't really know his dad like at right. all. and so it's kind of like even if you have these like very very early memories of him it's like i mean that's not i mean that's nothing compared to like having a life with this person i mean i want to say like his mom and dad like they got together when they were like growing up like mm-hmm. in like fucking middle school or some shit like that so it's like that's like you know decades of knowing someone and so it's kind of like you know I, I feel like there might be something there. I'm kind of curious of what their what exactly their relationship was like because there is like kind of a certain trepidation that the mom seems to be experiencing as far as like the dad, you know, as far as the dad's concerned, or, like when he does come up in conversation. So, really, I kind of took it more of like a, oh no, you're having like a response to your father's passing, but he's he's not, mm. you know, like a like a parent having to be like because I'm like one, it's been eight years. So it's not that I don't think she feels bad, but I mean, we don't know how she reacted when it happened, right? Like True. she could have already gone through the grieving process and now it's like, mm. I don't have, I don't have the energy to grieve like that because I have to take care of these two kids. Um, right. And she's also grown, right? Like grown people are grown <laughs> and you're yeah. not going to, you're not going to be- grow. People are grown, put on a shirt. No, but you're <laughs> right. Like you're as a parent, you're not going to, you're not going to be like, I'm going through the grieving process in front of your 12 year old. Who's like clearly having a difficult time with, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I think she's trying to be like, what's wrong. Is this like you not 
understanding that your parent has passed away. You know what I mean? Like, I, mm. that's what I took it as more than like, I don't like your father or like he was bad. Okay. And I, I, although I, I'm sure he was a complex person in real life. I'm sure oh, yeah. there were ups and downs because I, you kind of get the little snippets that he was, com- I mean, people are complex, but, but I, I didn't take it to mean that I thought it was more like a, oh God, the stress of all this is like getting to junior. Cause we're mm-hmm. seeing it from junior's perspective. So we're, we're thinking that junior is level headed. Right. But mm-hmm. as the parent of the 12 year old, you kind of know that junior has more responsibilities because you've left like the reservation, your whole family connection. You know that you're, that they're home alone a lot of the time. Like, you know that mm-hmm. he sleepwalks, which you might also think is a stress response. You know that Dino is having a hard time and that junior has to take on the extra role of caring for his little brother. Like, Mm-hmm. I think her response is more like, oh, God, like, yeah. how stressed are you? Like, are you OK? More than like, I'm afraid of your your father mm. being a ghost or something. I don't think she believes that. OK, <laughs> that makes mm. sense. Well, who knows? Part two could be like, well, actually. <laughs> that makes sense. That makes sense. And it is just kind of interesting looking at Junior's relationship with his mom. It's like he's putting in so much effort into trying to discover his dad and you know connect with him and all of that and it's like his mom like she is putting in mad work trying to raise Mm. his kids and is clearly like giving it her everything and i feel like ironically in a way he kind of he he seems to sort of overlook a lot of that and just kind of her in general honestly like i remember there was a passage i don't I, i'm forgetting the exact language but it was basically something to the effect of like with the idea of his dad being back or like you know coming back or something to that effect it was kind of like you know it was easier to kind of like overlook his mom and like you know to sort of like disagree with her even when like she was right just to kind of prove that he could side with his dad and you know something like kind of like having this like i'm gonna side with my dad even if he's wrong and just like like kind of assuming that there was like an adversarial relationship there in a way that i was kind of like okay this is like i mean this might just be like i don't know like you're walking through complex emotions i'm sure you also feel a way about like having moved to the place that you now live in and like Mm. to the fact that your mom you know though she does work very hard she isn't always around and like like you said there is this additional labor that junior has to go through so i'm sure a lot of that is just a manifestation of that rather than maybe like an actual disdain for his mother specifically as a person. I think maybe it's like a commentary on like the circumstances, but even yeah, with that, I'm just kind of like, I'm like, it's so interesting. It's like, you're doing so much for this parent that like has passed on for all we know. Right. And it's like, it, and then there's this parent that's here. That's like doing so much. And it just seems like there's like that response is just very different. So I'm just, I'm, I'm kind of just curious, like what that is and kind of like where that comes from. It's not a moral judgment. I'm not judging junior for reacting like this, <laughs> but it's just something that I kind of observe and I'm like, okay, interesting. Kind of curious what, like kind of mm. to figure out more about what, what exactly is this relationship with your mom? Cause there seems to be some, some kind of like animosity there or some resentment. Really? Um, I didn't. Yeah. That's so interesting. I actually don't. I, cause I remember reading a part of the book where he was like, honestly, mom would like run home at any second to come get us or would like leave her job. And when he's under the thing, he's like, maybe cause she, he was like, mom sometimes just knows what's wrong. And like, maybe she'll just show up here. Mm. I, I actually thought that, and you're right. He does have these moments where he's like, I want to decide with my dad and not my mom. But to me, that sounded more like the difference between the idealized parent and the one who's actually there. You can always take for granted the parent that's there because they're there. You know what I mean? Mm. Whereas the parent who's not there, and in this case is, is no longer alive, becomes this idealized 
figure in your mind, right? And there's this, right. this emotion of longing and loss that makes them almost perfect and above reprieve, right? Because they're yeah. not they're not there in the everyday. And so I kind of took it like that as opposed to, especially for kids, like you, you can take for granted the person who's always there, right? Um, mm-hmm. He is underappreciating his mom, but I don't think it's because mm-hmm. he's antagonistic. I think it's because of that emotion of like, yeah, longing for the parent that's no longer around. And yeah, just the basic fact that you take for granted. Yeah, we all do. We all take for granted the people that are there every day. And sometimes right. that taking for granted is unappreciative right (laughs) Right. um but it's almost like you have the luxury of being unappreciative because they're still around right but i don't know they could keep reading but i i don't because the way they the two of them kind of it almost seems like they're on this tag team of protecting dino too even when they're talking in the kitchen it's almost like the two of them are like i I think he has a lot on his plate more than Mm -hmm. he should Mm mm-hmm but I don't think he blames that on his mom. I think he has actually differently than Huey Fat Child. I think he actually has a little bit more awareness of right, right, because he's like, oh, mom moved us here for these schools for this better chance of life, and he's almost like, I don't know, we're you know meeting the standards of having her move her whole life um, because he even right. says like, mom wasn't like dad. Like mom had connections. Like mom had a network on the reservation mm, right. actually sometimes i'm like you're a little too aware for a 12 year old like i don't know yeah like <laughs> mm. All right. like does like it break a... the fantasy like maybe but right is the real <laughs> is the real disbelieving part of this how smart this 12 year old is kind of i'm like junior smart than a motherfucker right i'm like, like junior smarter than me like <laughs> shit i'm like junior is smarter than me <laughs> oh my gosh that is so funny yeah. but I, yeah. I do think there's like a really what I love about books is you're able to like empathize and feel other people's experiences. And a lot of the way Junior talks about being Native in America and, and about the experience and the complexities of the social order mm-hmm. are so good and well thought out and mm-hmm. complex without being like overly romantic, um, mm-hmm. but also not insulting. Like I think I think you should just read the book because I think it does a very good job of sort of you get it and i guess as another poc i'm like yep that tracks yep that yep. tracks too like there were just moments where i was like mm-hmm, yep <laughs> and but yep. but <laughs> and, uh, not not the same but like parallel relatable like parallel and he writes it so well that you don't just like read it you feel it like right. the, when the words come out you're like mm. and I, I his ability to do that in the writing is so humanizing and i think i don't think native stories get a lot of that in popular media there is this Mm. weird romanticism in ways that make no sense Mm. um and so i I liked his sort of not to that (laughs) i don't know (laughs) like and i think it it goes with his style of writing too and i actually Mm. was reading on his website that he has a lot of inspiration from i believe it's like the indigenous renaissance which guys did you know there was a a literary renaissance uh Mm. from like the early 1960s through the 80s and he Mm. credit he was like there was something like human and and realistic and honest but also like whimsical or magical about those writing styles that he like takes a lot of inspiration from and i was like well let me put some more books on my list Mm -hmm. but yeah i i don't know that's probably my favorite part about this book is the story the way the characters 
are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? It's a slice of life, people. There's like barely a plot. Like, come on. Right. <laughs> 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 no, that is that is real. And just to comment real quick on the on the um how shit just like kind of hits a little a little different. It's like I mean, even the piece where he was like. I mean, girl, I get it. Like, you know, my mom wants me to go to a better school and all that. But like, does that really have to mean I have to leave my entire mm-hmm. goddamn support system? And I'm like, why is this so real? Like, I was For, literally like, oh, yes. my God. Like, this is so like, I empathize with that so yes. much. Like having to choose between like mm-hmm. communities you come from and like, you know, people that you that you know and love and, you know, and, and having more opportunities access and more opportunities right and it's just like and why just, does that dichotomy exist in why america do people have to make that choice especially yes. it's so young junior is what the earth has gone around the sun 12 times since junior has been on the planet 12 12 and he is having to deal with this like this divorce of like that actually makes it sound like a longer a longer time right the earth has gone around the tw- <laughs> that sounds like a long time not a short time <laughs> <That's fair>. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough but still you know like it's just like damn like you're mad young having to like you know like it's like it's like why can't being with my own people also represent having opportunity having resources having like boundless opportunity like it's just so important like why do people have to leave in order to access that why does it have to be that like my community has to you know be adjacent to to this idea of not having enough and and struggle and all of that like that's just like what the fuck like what what the fuck is that like it's not blaming the people, obviously, but you just look at the context and you're like, what? Oh, my God. Oh, anyway. Yeah. So, I, yeah, that shit just really hit. And I was like, wow, that was um, wasn't ready. Thought it was going to be. And also, yeah, sorry if I like mismarketed this book. I was like, oh, like horror. And it's like, yeah, this is like not really horror. It's more like um, so far. It's just kind of eerie at points. It's not. Yeah. Eerie. I don't really know how to classify it. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe maybe it'll rev up. But like I don't know. I was reading the reviews and they were like, "Oh, girl, this shit was mad scary." And I was like, "Oh my god!" And then I started reading it. And I was like, "Wait, I'm like aggressively not scared." It's <laughs> kind of comforting. It's it's kind of nice, honestly. Yeah, it actually it feels like um like something you would read with like apple cider under a blanket while it's yeah. snowing outside. It's not horror. It's like eerie. Mm-hmm. And this is maybe what he means by experimental fiction. It obviously yeah. there's ghosts, and so therefore it in theory it's not like infidel though where you're like ah it's more yeah. like <laughs> haunting <It's, laughs> what was that yell that's me um, ah ah uh, the ghost is like wait, just... wait 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 can, can, can we can we start over like i'm sorry i need you to be more scared than that like it's like i did not just come from another dimension for you like that right right ass scream. <laughs> do you see cut, this portal cut. i came through a whole ass portal and you're right. like I... yeah but it's haunting i think haunting and but also what's <laughs> ghost is trying to get a reimbursement it's like right be fucked up. Like... i came here for the terrifying my mom's back bitch <laughs> I'm so dead. But it's it's eerie, but it's also eerie in the sense that what's what's scary is the is the human part of it, is the right. having to come of age part of it. Mm-hmm. And and similar to they come in all colors, it's the eeriness of reality, right? The eeriness of, right. of things that we think are mundane growing up, um, uh, having to move. And and maybe the eeriness of the POC experience, of the you know, of this indigenous experience of having to give up home for a better opportunity but also there's like a an eeriness in the sense that like the land that i occupy that's my home mm-hmm. is colonized and 
due to like some historical factors that have that far outlive me is stuck in this weird liminal space with like these colonizers who are just like mm. here now like and and have caused mm. like social issues in my community and therefore i have to leave it to go like have a better life but right. at the same time don't get to be with my community you know what i mean like there's a, a melancholy there we go there's a melancholy in this and it's older than just junior losing his dad it's it's yeah. a yeah mm. but it's manifesting in in that i think yeah. once we get to the end of the story and they're like actually no it, it wasn't um right there was no manifestation so <laughs> you're wrong <laughs> right but i feel right i feel like that's what what part of the yeah. story is part of it is talking about this not just loss of his father but cultural loss yeah and at the very least in how his dad dresses and just his whole appearance and even the regality and everything maybe it's like a reclamation of and a reconnection to yeah, you know, like a culture he doesn't necessarily feel he has as much access to anymore um yeah yeah or even the line he says like native people always talk about each other and what we could have been not of mm. what we actually were and and that to me feels like a sorrow that's more than just the individual oh, uh, absolutely. a sense of lost empire a sense of lost culture and time and and i don't think america contends enough with the genocide of native people um yeah. and this book does but in the way that we contend with like the black experience in America, you know what I mean? On an mm. individual level in context of the whole thing. Right. Whew. I hope that makes sense. It makes sense. The people reader is going to be like, man, Akko just went off on a it, tangent. It, <laughs> it made sense to me. Thanks, I'll, love. I, I can't speak to anyone else's experience, but that made <laughs> absolute crystal sense to me. So I appreciate so, it. Yes. But yeah, I guess speaking of quotes, do you want to read our quotes or all quick? Uh, yes. So uh, <laughs> I have two. I was just thinking. Um, people are gonna be like, "What?" No, but I was just thinking, and so I chose two quotes, both of which I really like. So the first one goes, "You can leave the reservation, but your income level will still land you in a reservation house, won't it?" I heard my mom say this on mm. the phone once, and it had stuck to the inside of my head in a way I knew I was going to be looking over at that part of the inside of my skull for the rest of my life probably Oof! it's just so do you see what I'm saying like it's Damn. so poetic and you relate to that so badly because uh, just on a human level like something someone said to you at 8, 9, 10, 12 whatever that like suddenly like flashes back to you like you know what I mean and you never know when that moment's going to happen when you're a kid and you have these mm -hmm. moments where you're like is this going to stick with me for the rest of my life? You're like, probably, damn it. Like, <laughs> or like, you know, um, right. and just that individual relatability plus this overarching cultural commentary. It was just, I, I thought it was a really great part. And there, the book's mm. riddled with these sort of really amazing. I said this before for a different book, but the economy of words is very mm. good. Efficient use of words. Very well crafted. And then the next one I like, he said, that night I wanted to say it was a dream, but I never remembered my dreams or maybe I walked through them. Mm. I like that. I really like that. I'm trying to pick between two. They're both kind of lengthy, so I don't want to do both of them. Um, mm. Yep, I know which one. Okay. 
We've decided. Um, so this one is, I guess, at, around the beginning of the book when Junior's talking about sleepwalking also. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Actually, no, it's literally on the first page, which is funny. It just reminds me of like being in high school and like, I don't know, like I would have to like come up with a quote from like the book I didn't read and I'd be like, yeah, so, like, like chapter one, I just thought that was a really interesting quote where it's like, girl. Like, I think it you... really sets the tone for the whole story. <laughs> literally and i'm like sweetie you clearly did not read this goddamn book anyway that's so, why but i always I did, chose I from this you i always started from the middle you always choose a quote from the middle kids yeah you gotta do it mm. from the middle because even from the end seems a little conspicuous because mm-hmm. you could easily be a bitch that just goes to the very end and looks mm-hmm. at that last page you gotta you gotta be cute with it now on. if you really if you don't want to seem like because the, the middle could be clocked you could do a little close <laughs> to the beginning Yes. But, but not too close. You know, page right. 20, 20, 25. So. Yes, definitely. Mm. 20, 20 range or 30. No one's going to do. No one's who's going to check 20, good 25. Spot. No one. Yes, absolutely. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. then also, too, sometimes it might be like, oh, wait, are you trying too hard trying to pick something in the middle? Like, you know, maybe mm-hmm. if you do something at the beginning, it's like, oh, I, girl, I read the whole thing. But like, you know, just something something at the beginning just really stood out to me. Like, I don't, mm-hmm. I ain't got nothing to hide here. Anyway, you, so Mark, <laughs> you realize that like nobody cared about like your high school, like anything right. like whatsoever. But anyway, <laughs> every, like you actually fooled no one. Everyone peeped that you didn't read it because it was clear and like your lack of insight <laughs> from the book and like how you thought you were making a point when you clearly weren't. But anyway, let's but just, it doesn't um, matter because no one else read it either. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Including the teacher, the girl did the author read the book. Like, I don't know. <laughs> she also had Sparks notes up on her. <laughs> <laughs> like read Spark notes of the own book before. <laughs> the book. Woo, time is a circle. Yes, it is. Come on. Okay. <clears throat> so, my quote. <laughs> I'm actually weak. Okay. <clears throat> so, it reads To sleepwalk is to be inhabited, yes, but not by something else so much. What you're inhabited by was kicking one foot in front of the other, it's yourself. It doesn't make sense, but I don't think it's under any real compulsion to, finally. If anything, being inhabited by yourself like that, what it tells you is that there's a real you squirming down inside you, trying all through the day to pull up to the surface, to look out. But it can only get that time when your defenses are down, when you're sleeping. And I'm like, even outside of sleepwalking, I just feel like that really hits. Like, Mm. there being kind of aspects to ourselves that we just push down into our subconscious that are going to come out mm. one way or another. And it might be sleepwalking today, but who knows what's going to happen tomorrow. So That's I was true. like, I feel seen and like exposed. Um, but- so yeah, that shit hit well. Yeah. Um, yeah, just very beautiful writing. This is just, uh, just, just, just great, y'all. Y'all, y'all got to check this shit out. It, yeah, it, it, I actually, cute. I agree. I, I highly recommend this. I know we haven't finished it and we're supposed to say if we recommend it at the end, but I kind of recommend it now. Yeah, same. So, so yes, and I guess we already kind of did our. Uh, did we do our predictions? Well, I think it's we can do a quick a quick wrap up. Yeah, I, like I said, I think it's a coming of age story. I think it's a story where he has to become the protector he's seeking. I think his visions of his ghost father are that process of growing, as mm-hmm. opposed to like I don't think it's going to come to fruition. I, yeah, like I don't think mm-hmm. he's going to find the. There's not going to be a moment where the ghost dad's like, hey, I'm your ghost dad. Right. Um, and here's how I died. And also, oh, you guys are getting so big. Okay, bye. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. Where um, time flies. <laughs> Insert other platitudes. Right, right. <laughs> like, oh, is that cake? Yeah. But anyway. Uh, 
<laughs> Can you imagine like your ghost like family member just like come in and like sit down and like start eating a snack and you're like, Do you yeah, you have like, unfinished business? I'm like, nah, I just yeah. It's like, oh Grata, I saw y'all got some Twinkies. <laughs> I'ma just grab me one. It's like I'm Here sorry. For the you, snack. It's like where's my Venmo request though? Because right, you, all right. up in the cabinet. Um I don't see any bills on the table that you left. Do you behind. got grocery I'm, money? Right. Like I'm like, I know you in the afterlife, but I'm you can't be eating my shit. <laughs> like this bitch, you got me fucked up. <laughs> like, um, oh, yeah, I would definitely hit the ancestors with like. So if you could just slide my memo real quick, I'm. Uh, you got some you. old treasury bills or something that yeah, appreciated. I, I, I'm like, girl, I know mm. something that we, we can draw from. I gotta live in capitalism today, girl. Um, mm. Anyway, <laughs> I would not do the ancestors <laughs> like that, obviously, but but yes. I guess as far as my predictions, like I, so, you know, kind of going into this, I thought, you know, the dad coming back was going to be kind of more like, maybe like, maybe it would uncover some things about his past that weren't the greatest. And, you know, it's going to kind of like be, I, I guess Junior would come to realize that it's less thrilling. That might happen, but I kind, I kind of prefer your interpretation, honestly, that this is all just like kind of symbolic of like a coming of age and like looking back to his father as like some sort of stable support and like protection during all of this um in a way that like you know since his father's not alive like he can kind of like build him up to be whoever he wants so let's just move with that i'm not really <laughs> sure what's gonna happen i think everyone's ultimately gonna be okay but yeah junior would probably just emerge and be like so i was already brilliant but i'm like slightly more brilliant but i'm like right. so brilliant and i'm like yeah junior's like brilliant so i think that's probably what's gonna happen <laughs> so yes fair so, I mean, if you, <laughs> I, <laughs> we shall see. Um, but if you have thoughts about our interpretation, mm-hmm. you should let us know on Twitter at the Color Pages, or mm-hmm. if you're really moved, you could let us know on Instagram these Colored Pages, mm-hmm. and you could also email us at <laughs> these Colored Pages at gmail dot com. <laughs> <laughs> if you're very bold you should probably check out our website um yeah and if you feel which like, is also these color pages.com yes it is yes it is and and then you know what it, take it take an adventure tell other people about the podcast tell them that it delights you and leave a comment or a rating even if it doesn't delight you. Um, yeah. <laughs> but if you do know someone that this will really resonate with, or even if just like the tone of the episode brought you some kind of like joy or insight or happiness, whatever, like, yeah, definitely let folks know. Like, and, you know, share it with someone who, who who might get some enjoyment out of this or, or might feel perhaps, you know, moved. acknowledged and yeah. moved oh, or acknowledged in, in, I like what acknowledged. in what we're saying. Also, so <laughs> probably should have done this like mad long ago, but like, so... I realize that we never actually like publish in advance, like what our books are going to be for like the mm. season. So like, if you go to our social media, either Twitter or Instagram, we have like a link tree that links to um, a page on our website actually that basically writes out like what exactly we're going to be reading for like what? basically the next year. So like currently up until like basically May, I want to say it ends in May of 2021 so you can see all the books that we're going to read in advance like in the order that we're going to read them so if you mm-hmm. if you see any books that like really call out to you that you want to kind of like read in advance or like along with us you see when the episodes are going to be coming out and everything as well so if you wanted to yeah if you want to read along and you like join in the discussion you have access to that so yeah 
It's but almost like we're a real book club. We're like a book club. So like, join. Um, <laughs> um, but yes, I guess aside from that, Aqua, is there anything else we should leave all listeners with before we head out? No, I think just until we see you next time, remember to stay, stay colorful. colorful.